Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. Hi, ladies, and welcome back. Before we dive into a new episode, I want to quickly tell you about my partnership with HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an easy-to-use client management platform where you can manage contracts, invoices, and workflows, track your time, create automated processes, and even create a customized portal for your clients to access. It's got everything, and I've partnered up with them to bring you an incredible offer. Just use the code HaleyLuckadoo or click the link in the description to get 50% off your first year subscription. I love using HoneyBook for my business, but I love to save money even more. So if you need a client management software or have considered making the switch to HoneyBook, now is the time. Again, just use the code HaleyLuckadoo or click the link and save yourself $200 while simplifying your life. I promise you will not regret it. All right. Welcome back, ladies, to another episode of Females on Fire. Today's episode, oh my gosh, there is so much information in this episode. You are going to want to stop and take notes or listen back later. I promise you. Today, I am chatting with Cassandra Thompson. And Cassandra is a speaker and a consultant who helps job seekers and creative business owners leverage the power of LinkedIn and networking to reach their career goals. Whether it's hosting her LinkedIn live show, Coffee and Careers, talking to her 30,000 YouTube subscribers, or in person at events, she has a way of relating to her audience through powerful content and fun stories that really enhance professional development without putting them to sleep. And you guys, she delivered. This episode is all about LinkedIn, making sure that your profile looks amazing, making sure that you have a strategy for posting and why you absolutely need to be using this platform for your business. And it is not going to take up that much more of your time. Cassandra has made it so easy for us to all get on LinkedIn and start really thriving on the platform and growing our businesses with it. And you are going to love her as much as I do. She's amazing. I can't wait for you to hear all of her advice. Hi, Cassandra. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, I'm super excited. This is definitely a topic that I have a lot of interest in, and I know our listeners are going to love hearing all of your expertise on LinkedIn and how they can use it for their business. But before we do that, can you just tell everybody a little bit about you and how you got into this line of work and how your business has evolved over time? 
Yeah. So I am a career coach, uh, both as my full-time job and as a side hustle. Uh, so I work full-time at a state university. And then I also have been creating YouTube content and coaching people on career on the side. Um, and I do that because number one, I remember how hard the job search was back in the day when I was doing it. And then when I was searching, I realized I like looking at resumes and LinkedIn profiles and all of that far more than the average person. So it seemed like a good fit for me. But I say my side hustle now has a side hustle because a little over a year ago, I was at a YouTube for business conference called Vid Summit. And I learned that all these small business owners, these creative business owners, aren't on LinkedIn. And that blew my mind. Like, I, you know how you're too close to something that you don't realize, oh, everyone's not doing that thing you're doing? Uh, since I talk LinkedIn all day long for career coaching, I just kind of thought, well, yeah, of course, all professionals know they should be on this platform and went to that conference and realized, oh, they do not. Um, they are not here. And so for the last year, I've also been speaking and coaching mainly creative professionals, but any small business owners really on how to get started on the platform, why it's important, you know, what to do first, second, third, all of that good stuff just to understand why LinkedIn needs to be part of your content strategy, your marketing strategy, et cetera. So I love that. That's the short version. Yeah, no, I feel, oh my gosh. I'm, I have so many questions to ask you. I feel like I could literally keep you here for like a week and I promise I won't do that, but okay. I, I really, if I'm being honest, I have not been on LinkedIn for that long. So I'm one of those people that you were talking about that you're like, oh my gosh, why are they not on this platform? And I feel like I've been on it for a long time, but I never really understood what it was for or how it could be used for my business at all. And I've been diving into that for like the last year. And I still think I totally suck at it and have no idea what I'm doing, but I totally understand now why it's so important for your business. And of all things, of all the platforms that we have, I feel like it's the most like business specific. I don't know if that's really the right Correct. term that yeah. I should use. It's the only, yeah. The way I say it is it's the only professional social media platform. Right. Exactly. It's the only one where you're not annoying somebody when you come on and talk about your business, because that's what it's for. You know, right. if you post what you're doing in your work day right now on Facebook, it's showing up in someone's feed between a kid's birthday party and somebody's, uh, you know, holiday something or other. And like, <laughs> they're going, wait, why is, why am I seeing this in here? Um, but you're expected to talk about business on LinkedIn because it's about business. Exactly. And I mean, even you know, everybody's using like Instagram for business and, and all of that. But even those platforms, you inevitably have followers or friends or, you know, people involved with your social media who are not business owners or they're not right. in the same industry as you. So they really don't want to hear about what you're talking about. So that's why I love LinkedIn. And like I said, I still feel like I totally suck at it. So that's why I'm like super excited to have you on here and ask you just at least a couple of questions 
and just yeah. get an idea of how our listeners can actually start using the platform. Because I know I'm constantly hearing that too. I'm constantly seeing LinkedIn experts or coaches or just people who are really good at LinkedIn talking about the platform. And then there's inevitably always a bunch of people that come out of the woodworks that are like, what the heck is LinkedIn? I thought that was only for applying for jobs at Walmart. Like, what is that? Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm super excited. So I'm just going to dive right in. Like I said, I have tons of questions. Go for it. Yeah. So first of all, we're going to go ahead and assume that most of our listeners at least know what LinkedIn is. Uh, if you're listening and you don't, you should probably go look that up. But I don't want to waste a lot of time talking about what LinkedIn is because I'm sure you'll kind of touch on that in a few of these mm -hmm. other questions. But can you just talk about first and foremost why it's such a great platform for entrepreneurs? I know you already mentioned that it's very business-centered, but what are some other reasons that it would be worth it for an entrepreneur, a small business owner to add LinkedIn to their content calendar. Yes. So yes, we've already talked about the one that it is the only professional platform. Number two, you have an almost built in audience or built in, well, you create your audience, but you have massive reach very quickly. What I mean is when you start connecting with people on LinkedIn, now, when, like, if I were, we're connected, if I connect with you on LinkedIn and I post something and you like it, what I posted now goes in the feed of all your connections. So there's massive reach that isn't available. If you like a picture of mine on Instagram, your people aren't seeing that unless you go to that, you know other things page that no one ever goes to, to see what people like. So <laughs> it, it just has a massive built-in reach. It's very easy to hit, um, a lot of connections very quickly. Um, and then you can gain new followers or new connections very quickly off of that. Because if you start posting more and more people are going to see your work, which I know being a small business owner, like trying to get traction on that, on Facebook or even YouTube took a very, or Instagram, like it took a very long time. Um, and so LinkedIn gives it to you quickly. And then one thing, uh, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times, like, I still feel like I'm not good at this. So to me, the beauty of LinkedIn is they're still figuring it out. Yes. It's one of the oldest social media platforms, but for the longest time it was stagnant. It was, you set up a profile and you connected with people. It's pretty new to having a feed and things like that. And so I like to say it's still the wild, wild west on LinkedIn. It's, it, anything goes a little bit within reason. I mean, I wouldn't talk about non-work related things. People are pushing the envelope on that right now and it's not going so hot, but, um, I think it's a lot less stressful to get started than any of the other platforms. I think we all have started a business and gotten everybody's freebie under the sun of here are the 10 strategies you need to grow your Instagram. Here are the five things you, you know, like to do Instagram well, and I don't do Instagram well, because 
to do Instagram well, it's you have to post it this time of day and you need to do this many posts a day and they need to go in this order and you need to make sure it all looks pretty and that it's this size and that did you use the same, do you have a flow? Does it have the same like Lightroom features on every picture? Like there's just so many things that I think it can feel like, how am I supposed to do it well? Whereas LinkedIn, you can just get started. You can post something and people will see it. I think there's a lot more freedom in getting started because it is the wild, wild west, because you can just sort of try things still that it's worth taking content and putting on that platform as well. I love that. And first of all, I love that you just made me feel totally better about the fact that I feel like I suck at it, but yeah, I highly doubt you suck at it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's interesting to me that you say that because I, I love Instagram. I'm obsessed with Instagram, Mm -hmm. but I'm sitting here nodding along as you're saying all of that, because it's so true. You do have to have everything perfectly sized and it needs to be pretty and it needs to look almost perfect. And I know this, there's been a big shift with Instagram lately of people posting sort of the non-perfect pictures, the Mm -hmm. behind the scenes, the, the no makeup pictures, things like that. Right. But I still think business owners and entrepreneurs, when it comes to their business, they are still trying to post those like perfect, pretty photos. Right. And then when they do the behind the scenes stuff is when they're letting it be not perfect. And so that's what I love that you mentioned about LinkedIn is it can be sort of not perfect from the start. It doesn't need to be pretty. It just needs to be business related. And so that's, that's really why I love it because I feel like I have a little bit more freedom to not have to stress over so much what a photo looks like or what order I'm doing things in, like you mentioned. Right. And just focus on the content. Yeah. To me on Instagram, I think the hard part is all the, and I'm a strategy person, but all the strategy to Instagram is exhausting to me. So I, I'm amazed and, and, and fully respect those who do it well, but it's not just that the photo has to be pretty. It's, did you put it up at 1159 AM? And then that next photo, that thing that's happening in your life that you want to post right now. Oh no, no, no. It's going to mess up your flow. So you have to wait till tomorrow at this time. Like that whole thing drives me a little crazy. Um, it takes away the fun for me. Whereas on LinkedIn, you can try anything. Try just to post with words. Try a long post. Try a short post. Put up, you know, put up a picture. Don't put up a picture. Now do a short video. Like there's so many more things you can do. Whereas I remember even for a while on Instagram, it was like, oh, if your photo is just um, a quote, like a, an image that's just a word graphic, oh, you're going to go down in the algorithm, which who knows if any of that stuff's true, but just and that's not to, like I said, I love Instagram to look at stuff. I just know I am not good at doing it for my business. And I just think the, the cost of entry in terms of time to jump on a platform is much lower on LinkedIn. Hmm. I like that. I like the way you worded that. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I think, like I said, that's what I love about it. It's just that you can kind of do almost anything, anything. and like I said, for a while, I, f- I, I really felt like I was doing it wrong. And then when I kind of realized that everybody was doing something a little bit different than each other, I kind of felt a little better about it. Like I said, I still feel like I suck at it, but I'm learning and that's fine. Um, but 
I like that you mentioned the algorithm and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I feel like you don't have all of those like algorithm worries on LinkedIn that you have with like Instagram and Facebook. And I feel like it's more, I know you already said that your reach is ridiculously larger, but I, I feel like it's even just more satisfying because even putting the reach aside, I feel like when you post something, you know that somebody somewhere is going to see it. Whereas with Instagram and Facebook, you could post something and have thousands of followers and still nobody might see it because of the algorithm. Right. Yes. That's to me, that's the best part is, and, and there are people out there who will tell you like, oh, you got to do it this way, or you got to try this thing. I think LinkedIn is testing so many things and changing things so rapidly and not sharing with us even what those are that you just don't worry about an algorithm. You try a bunch of things and see what does best for you. Um, that might be partly because of audience. That might just be what picked up for you. Like I have a friend who had done video clips and words in a post and it didn't do well. And anytime he did just words, right? Just a general post, they ranked highest. So he finally went like, I'm not worrying about adding a picture. I'm not worried about adding video. Like I'm just doing a post. He's a LinkedIn top voice this year. Uh, for me, doing a post with a picture always seems to do best, but you just play with things. And over time you see what works, but yes, no matter what it gets seen, like that, I agree. That's the nice part. I mean, when I started on YouTube, I would make a video and I'm editing on iMovie because I don't know how to do anything else. And it's still taking me forever. And I post it and be so excited. And like a day would pass and no one had seen it. Right. Cause it gets, it's hard to get found. Um, and I could take the same video and put it on LinkedIn and someone's going to see it. Right. And I love that. I love that so much. So knowing that I know kind of anything goes like you said, but are there proven strategies that you know to work? Are, are there any little pieces of advice or tips that you found that are kind of universal that work for everybody that our listeners should be implementing? Or is it really just like, there's no strategy. You have to find your own strategy from the get go. I think, how does that work? Yeah. So it's going to sound so basic. I feel like I, I know when I hear this question asked on about other platforms or on other podcasts of like, what is it? I want the person to give like this super secret thing instead of the same thing we hear all the time. It, but the thing we hear all the time is the truth. You have to be consistent. So it needs to be, you know, that you're on the platform every day. Maybe you don't post every day, but you need to be showing up on the platform every day. It almost matters just as much how much you like, share, and comment on other people's things as much as posting your own. So maybe you post your own, you know, post, whether it be just words, a picture, a video on Tuesday mornings, but you also need to show up Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning and be commenting on other people's things as well. But at least start with having one day a week where you're consistently posting. Um, 
I do think it's just about engagement. So the more you're on the platform, the more you are going to get found. So if you post three times a day, this is something I'm like testing right now. I was posting about once a day. Now I'm trying to post two to three times a day and see, does it water down my earlier posts or is my reach going farther on all? So I think there's a little bit of testing, but in the beginning, just get used to posting something consistently and then like, comment, and share what other people are posting. Get in conversations with people. Um, the other thing is Tuesdays through Thursdays, nine to five are the heaviest traffic times, obviously, because most people look at it on during work hours. Uh, so I always say like, if you're nervous about LinkedIn, post post your first time at 10 o'clock on a Saturday. Like if you just want to see like, eh, how does this go? I don't know if I want all my old coworkers or my new clients or whoever to see this post it an off time. And now when you're ready to really show something, you know, when the best times are, and that's once again, Tuesday through Thursday, nine to five. So those are some things to get started. I think too, it's how much strategy you want it to be. Um, if there are 10 companies you're going after that you want to work with, like go connect with all the people in those companies, tag that company in posts, not all the time, right? We don't want to seem weird, but like be very, very intentional about what you're creating and who you're creating for and who you're commenting on. If you just want more reach, be commenting to everybody and sharing anything related to your business. So there's a little bit of like how much you want to put, how much strategy you want to put into it is how much you're going to get out of it. Right. And I love that. And I, I know you said that, you know, the being consistent might sound basic and it's that thing that we hear all the time, but I kind of love that it wasn't some like super secret strategy, like you said, because I feel like sometimes we hear those and yeah, the, if you just did this one thing, yeah, it's usually like something that person feels like they came up with on their own and it usually doesn't work for everybody. You know, right. we hear, I agree. like you hear that with Instagram influencers a lot and they've got like 300,000 followers and they're like, Oh, if you do this, it'll, it's guaranteed to work. But if you have like under 10 K followers, there's no way it's going right. to work. So I, I'm yeah. kind of glad that you didn't give like a super secret strategy or whatever. I'm, I'm glad that you were Good. honest about it. <laughs> um, but so I know you just said you need to be on the platform every day and I can already tell we're going to have like 10 listeners who are like, Nope, I'm out. I don't need another platform. I'm doing too much already. So what, what's the, I know you, like we said, anything goes. So I know I probably already know the answer to this, but is it okay to just take your Instagram captions, your Facebook post, your tweets on Twitter, you know, whatever, and just like yep. copy paste them onto LinkedIn? Does that suffice? Please do. Yes. Why reinvent the wheel, right? Like I'm sure we have all seen the Gary V breakdown of like one piece of content into 200 pieces, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, or 64 pieces, whatever, which I love that he put out that whole giant deck. But I mean, plenty of people have talked about that sort of thing. I, I think, yes, if you have, I mean, if you've been blogging for years, go back and take every blog post and take the first paragraph and put it in you know, add LinkedIn to your Hootsuite or whatever 
content planning software you use, post the first paragraph and put a link to the rest of it and set that for every, take two hours and just do that. Set it for every Monday for the rest of the year. All your Mondays are done. And just to clarify what I said before, you don't have to post original content every day. I think you should build up to that. Um, and that can be reusing things from other platforms. But I just want you to be on the platform every day. So you might not be posting new stuff, but you've at least scrolled while you're in line at the grocery store and commented on three other people's posts. I will say it's a platform where engagement on the platform in general is just as important as the content you're producing. Does that make sense? Yeah, but, it definitely does. But yes, I use I use the same picture from Instagram that's also my YouTube thumbnail that's the graphic for LinkedIn all the time. And it's just the same caption with it and everything um, or miniature versions of it. Or now I'm going back and reposting old videos every Thursday. Like, yeah, there is no need to add more work to anybody's plate. So please take the things you've done before and break them down and use them again. I love that. I love that because I, like I said, I know we are inevitably, we're going to have some listeners who are like, oh my gosh, I cannot handle another platform. So I always think hearing that when it's like, okay, to reuse your content mm -hmm. is always so just calming, you know, it makes you yeah. feel like it's actually possible to add this to your content calendar and not feel so much more overwhelmed. Um, but you mentioned something that kind of sparked a question for me. So you mentioned like taking old blog posts and like posting those. So I know with LinkedIn, you can post just like a post that goes in the yeah. feed and then you can post articles. Can you yes. kind of talk about just really quickly, like what the difference in those are and when you would use each one? Yeah. So a post, it goes in your feed, just like how you would post on Facebook. Um, that's what it looks like, but the reach is greater, right? Because if you like it, then it shows to all your people, but there's a limited number of characters and there's a very specific way that you'll start to catch on to if you go on LinkedIn that you see that people write posts. Um, emojis are used very often and people write in these kind of couplets, these little bite-sized uh, one to three line paragraphs. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just shows up to the people you're connected to and then anyone within their connections and as they're liked, so on. Articles, think of it like medium.com. You're essentially writing an article or a blog, it very much looks like a blog post, uh, that LinkedIn can then distribute as they like. So the beauty of an article is you post it and it might get picked up by LinkedIn to be put in their weekly newsletter that goes to 200 million people, right? Or 500 million, however many, I don't, is it 260? I think it's like 260 million people at this point. Um, so it has potential for greater reach or getting picked up by people you maybe haven't been in front of. My experience has not been great with articles. So similar to what you said about the Instagram people, there are people who will say, oh, articles have just done what they did wonders for my LinkedIn. And I'll ask, well, when did you do that? And they'll say four years ago. And articles seem to have a lot more weight 
a couple of years ago on the platform. It doesn't seem like LinkedIn is favoring them as heavily now, at least like I have posted, I did about a year ago, I did a couple of articles, I posted them, it got like three views. Now, granted, I've looked back and gone, okay, that headline was truly terrible, uh, but it got nothing. Whereas I could post a paragraph of it and it would get shown to a thousand people. Um, so that's the difference on the two. Think of the way that it's distributed or possibly distributed, but it doesn't seem like articles hold the weight they once did. However, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try it. If you already have a blog post from a year ago that did really well, copy paste that sucker into an article and see how it does on LinkedIn. Right. So would it be worth it to like do an article and then make a post like telling people, Hey, I just wrote this article and then share like maybe a little excerpt from it and tell them to go read it. Or is that like a no? No, I think that works. Or I think also one way I'm, I am going to start using articles again this year is I'm trying to do more long form content and a post you're very limited on how much you can write. Um, you get a lot more than other platforms, but there's still a limit. And so I have thought about similar to what you're saying. I wouldn't tell them go read it, but I would just copy paste the first part of the article into the post mm-hmm. until you get close to character limit and then say to read the full thing, go here. Okay. And yeah. link to the article. So similar idea, but instead of the call to action, let them just get involved in what you've written about. And be right. like, okay, wait, I want to see more. Right. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. So can we touch on your profile for a yes. minute? I know we've been talking a lot about posts and the feed and articles and all these things. Yeah. Let's talk about the profile because I know a lot of people log in and obviously that's the first thing you're looking at is setting up your profile. Right. And most people are like, well, should I list this like job waiting tables that I had in high school? Like, do people really need to know that? So like, what, what do they need to know to do and not do on their profile? Yeah. And yes, I'm glad we're getting to profiles because the rest of it doesn't posting and all that doesn't matter if you don't have a decent profile, it doesn't have to be perfect, but similar to like, when you hear about a business or like, well, now you'd probably go to a different account, but remember like 10 years ago, when you'd hear about a business, you would go online and find their website. (laughs) Are they legit? Is this a good business? Right. It's the same thing. Someone sees you on LinkedIn. Someone sees that post on LinkedIn. They're going to click on your picture and go to your profile. So your profile needs to look decent. The key things you need, you need a good photo. It needs to look like you. Um, most of us have some headshot we use for everything. That's best to use that consistent picture. But if somebody's just getting started in business or doesn't have all that set up yet, just please nothing where you've cut somebody out, nothing, uh, overly formal. And even though it's a business platform, it should look, it should represent your business. So if you're more casual, it's okay that it's a casual photo. If you worked in finance, I'd be like, I need to see a blazer, you know? So it just, it, what you do kind of dictates what that photo should look like, but you do want it. Cause I have seen this be a problem with entrepreneurs. You do want it to be a photo that is 
head on, like you facing the camera, nothing looking to the side, nothing angled, like be looking, at least making eye contact with the camera. And then the really important thing that matters is your headline. So your headline is that line that's right under your name. So if I searched for you right now, all that would come up in search is your name, your picture, and your headline. So that's why headline is so important because it's what people see when they don't see your whole profile. Um, and when you first set up your LinkedIn, it's going to default that your headline is just your title at current company. So you want to change that because your headline is extremely SEO friendly. It's how you come up in more search results. So um, it's interesting. I was going through business cards from conferences the other day and inputting everyone in my CRM. And, you know, a lot of people now love to have fun sounding titles like Wonder Woman of Creativity or Chief Fun Officer. Okay. No one is searching on LinkedIn for a chief fun officer. They're looking <laughs> for an event planner, right? Right. So you, even though that's the fun, whimsical title you've given yourself, more power to you, I need you in that headline to write event planner. And then tell me who you serve or what industry do you work with? So event planner specializing in bar mitzvahs, showers, and weddings, right? Or do you do corporate retreats? Like, tell me who it is that you work with. Is it a certain part of the country? You know, we all are starting to get to the point of like, oh, everything's got to be national and global. If you live in a certain area and you only want to work with people in that area, tell me that you serve the Nashville area or whatever it is. Like, that's going to get you found in so many more search results than just being like, I'm an event planner for everyone. You know, same with photography. What kind of photography do you do? Do you specialize in children's portraits or maternity shoots or uh, documenting corporate gatherings? Like whatever it is, make sure those words are searchable words and that it's really showcasing what you do. Um, so your headline is like just the most important and to make it plain terms, uh, I think people want to get creative and it's like, I love creativity too, but now is not the time. So right. the place where you can get creative is in your about section. So when you're first setting up your profile, like if, if you get off this, uh, podcast or you're listening right now and you've got your laptop out and you're like, let me just get started on LinkedIn. It's going to walk you through all these prompts of what you need to do. When you get to the about part, just skip it for now. Um, go in and add your experience and your skills. And we can talk about that in a second, but sk skip the about because it throws people off later. When you're done with your experience in your skills section, you can come back and edit your about section and that's when you can be a little more creative. That's where you should show personality. It should be written first person. We all know you wrote it. Please say I. Don't say Haley is blah, blah, blah. No, no, Haley. We know you wrote it. Uh, so <laughs> write it as I, but it's the place where you can definitely use whatever your voice is, whatever your brand voice is or your personal voice. 
write it from that perspective. And that's where you can let people know how to get in touch with you, what you're looking for on LinkedIn, anything you think they should know about you. Um, but don't let the about section hold you up from getting everything else finished. So the other two sections that are really important, I already mentioned them, are experience and skills. So experience is essentially inputting your resume. And I know some of us haven't done one of those in a while. Find an old one, copy paste what you've done in the past. And then the biggest thing for business owners on your current job, first off, write your company name in the company bar and then in title, please put something other than CEO. Nobody is searching for a CEO. If you, like in your case, if you're a podcast host, put podcast host or put something else that you do within the company just so that you show up in more search results. And then in the description part, tell me what you do for the company. Don't tell me who the company is. I've been coaching people uh, on LinkedIn for over a year in the business realm and without fail, every single time when I get to their experience section, they have the name of their company. Maybe they've said something other than CEO or president or owner. Uh, so I'll give them that one on title, but then I get to description and they tell me about the company they say, we are a company that serves blah, 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 people in this place. We do this thing. Well, no, 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 no. That goes on a company page. I'm on your profile. I want to know what you do. So a lot of times it's easy. You just need to kind of flip the wording, but make sure it's about what you do in the company, not about who the company is. Um, and then in terms of like, should you put that old job? I think if it was for a massive corporation, yes. Uh, and different people have different ideas on this. I think yes, because it puts you in the contact pool of everyone who has ever worked for that company. So if in college you worked at Gap at your local mall, I would still put Gap sales associate and not give a description but you will now get the little gap icon next to your name on your profile or next to that spot on your profile. And now if anyone searches uh, people who have worked at Gap, you now show up in that search pool and you're now closer in connection to anyone else in that pool. So anyone else who worked at Gap but has now moved on to be at some giant corporate, like some other business or farther along in their career, you're connected with them. Hmm. I hope that makes sense. It we does. didn't talk about the fact that like LinkedIn is all about degrees of separation. So if you're more than two degrees away, it's much harder to connect with somebody. But if you worked at the same place at one time, it tends to, sometimes it will let you still connect with them, even if they're too technically too many connections away. Right. So that's why that's the only reason. Now, if you worked at like the local diner, no, I wouldn't put it. But if it was a massive corporation, like I worked at Disneyland. Yeah. It's still, it's still on my LinkedIn because it puts me in a massive pool of people. Right. It's worth it at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for those of you that are listening to this later and you hear degrees of separation, that is where it says first, second, or third, when you go yes. and look at somebody that you are either connected or not connected to. 
Um, so Sandra, can you just kind of touch on that really quick now that you mentioned it, just kind of what the differences are and, and how that changes once you connect with somebody. Yeah. So you and I are connected on LinkedIn. So you and I are first, it'll say, if I looked you up right now, it'll say first. And then let's say there is a, a listener on here named Jen, listener, Jen, you are connected to Jen. So if you looked up Jen, her name has a first by it. If I went and looked up Jen, it'll say second, and it'll show me that you are the connection in between. I'm connected to you. That's one. And you're connected to Jen. That's two. So it'll say second. And then there will be a third plus, which means people that are three or more connections away. If somebody is a second, there will be a connect button on their profile. If somebody is a third plus, it will just have a message button. But so you used to, back in the day, you used to truly not be able to connect with those people. Like it was the motivation for building your connections because the more people you knew, the more you had reached these other people. Now they make it look like you can't connect with them. But if you click the three dots, on their profile next to it, more options will show up. And one of them is connect. So it is worth kind of, and that's only on, um, the desktop version on mobile. It's a little different. Uh, and then when you connect with somebody, you always want to add a note. Um, never just hit connect unless there's somebody who will know you off face and name alone. Um, you always want to add a note. So like, I would be happy to connect with people who are listening to this podcast, but just leave a note saying, Hey, I heard you on Haley's podcast, you know, would love to connect. Great. Now I know why we're connecting. Um, so if it's somebody at a company that you want to do business with one day, you know, we don't have to lay all our cards on the table, but you can just say like, Hey, saw you work at this company. I really value and respect what you all do. Um, you could give a little bit about yourself depending on if that'll persuade them more to want to connect with you. And then just say, I would love to connect. That's it. Please don't say, I heard something like this said on a different podcast and I was screaming in my car. Please don't say like, and I would love to add you to my collection or to my connections. Like I am not a pawn in a game. Um, you're not, Like, don't say, I would love to add you. Um, I would like to make you part of my connection. It sounds very selfish. I think they're called connections on the platform. It is perfectly fine to just say, let's connect because that's the beauty of this platform. It's not a follow. It's a connection. You go, it's a two-way street. You go back and forth. So yeah, always add that note and just be genuine about what it's about and make it pretty quick. I mean, it doesn't let you make it very long, but make it quick and, and just ask to connect briefly and then do not follow up right away with your pitch. That's just, I know you didn't ask, but I'm just going to go there. Every, no, it's good. Uh, go. every person I talk to says the thing they hate is they connected with somebody that they didn't know. And then the second they did, they got a message in their message folder. Messages on there are like Facebook Messenger or just, you know, email. Uh, And they'll get a message pitching them on why 
they should use their product or would you be interested in my services, et cetera. All like the time, literally all the time, <laughs> all the time. Right. We haven't built a relationship yet. Like you can't come with that immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always put it like you wouldn't see somebody at a party say hi and then go, Hey, so do you want to like go on a date right now? Like, no, you would say hi (laughs) and then you'd have some conversations and then you'd go on a date maybe. And that like, or you wouldn't go up and be like, Hey, you want to get married? Like what? No. Hi, crazy person. No. Like you have to build the relationship first. And LinkedIn is the same way. It's, it's a, it's a long game. You connect and then you like their post and then you comment on things. And then you, you know, ask to have a phone call to talk about services or things like that. You just don't hit them out of the gate with that. Right. I love this. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm already planning to go back and listen to this episode again so I can hit pause and just go update my profile and things that I'm doing on LinkedIn. Cause this was so much like just really good information. And this is why I love episodes like this because it's not the like fluff, you know, it's not the same things that you hear all the time about every platform. And it's not the really fluffy, like, you know, just sort of whatever kind of tactics. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's it's (laughs) actually specific. Like, here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. Here's the parts that matter. And here's the parts that don't like, I love this. I love this so much. Good. Yeah. So just to clarify one thing I heard really quick and then we'll wrap this up because I know you've given so much information and we appreciate it so much. Um, I know we have, and this obviously goes for myself as well, which is why I thought about it, but I know a lot of our listeners are very like multi-passionate. We've even done episodes on that in the past Yeah, and they do multiple things. So maybe they run multiple companies or they have a company and a side hustle or whatever. With that headline that you were talking about, because it's so important, it's very SEO rich. Should they pick their main thing and just put that in there? Or is it okay to say, Hey, I'm a, you know, event planner with this company specializing in blah, blah, blah. And I'm also a podcast host or, or should they really just leave the podcast part to their about section and the employment and skills section, which ones? Yeah, I think, okay. So that's actually, that's a big question. I think it, it all really depends. Are the things like number one, if it's a full-time job and a side hustle, does your boss know about your side hustle? Uh, and are they okay with you doing both? Then I think you can choose which to put on there and which to focus on. Um, please don't make two profiles. People ask me all the time, like, should I make two profiles? No, then I'm confused why you're showing up in my feed two different times <laughs> with like slightly different. It just doesn't make sense. And you'd have to build all the connections twice. Um, but like, if you're, if you've, if you're like me, you've got a full-time job, but you've also got a side hustle. My headline and everything I do is off of my side hustle but my full-time job is still listed in my experience section. Gotcha. If you're too, if you're an entrepreneur and you've just got multiple things going on, if they're complementary, I think you could put both. If you do event planning and you have a podcast, like your podcast probably has something to do with what 
your job is, uh, it's fine to put both. Or like, I know you're a podcast host, a speaker, this, that's kind of the entrepreneur life. Like you can put all those things. Right. If it's that you, the one where I think it's harder and I think you have to at least choose in your content strategy, how you're going to do it is if you have two very different things going on, like you are an event planner and you also, uh, I don't know, like sell farm fresh chicken eggs to the Portland area. Like, no, <laughs> we got to choose one, you know, like right. something. And I know that's a crazy example, but just to show the like difference, <laughs> it's like, if it's really two different things, then I think you're going to confuse people. Right. Definitely. But if, if they're in the same like zone, you can have more than one thing going on. So focus on your, your zone of genius, basically. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I, I just, you mentioned it and I, I didn't want to stop you because you were on a roll, like giving so much, but I was like, gosh, we have a lot of people who do like multiple things and they're going to wonder about that. And I know that's definitely right up my alley too. So I was very, very curious about that, but yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to stop asking you questions now. Cause like I said, we could do this for a very long time. If I kept going, <laughs> and you're going to, you're going to hate me after a while. Um, so really quick to close out the episode, I always do a fun little lightning round. That's just kind of a couple questions about you. Yeah. So are you ready? Yep. Let's do it. All right. What does your morning routine look like? Oh, this is not going to be quick. Um, okay. So I've actually written for website. I'm about to do a video on this. Cause I, I am a super lark. I love mornings. Um, oh, like right. I get excited to go to bed to go to get up in the morning. Uh, so I wake up at four 30 AM. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. See, I said, I know. I don't expect everybody else to do this. Uh, it is because I've learned I am most productive in the morning. And so yep. it was just at, I realized I was staying up at night just because society told me I was supposed to not because I actually wanted to. So now I go to bed at like eight 30, I wake <laughs> up at four 30. I make coffee. I have quiet time for about a half hour. I take my dog on a really quick walk. Um, and then I work out for like 10 minutes to 20 minutes. I, my goal for, or like my motto for 2020 is like something is better than nothing. So I'm just trying to show up on that part right now. And then I get ready for work and then I work on my business for about an hour before I leave for the day. I love that. Gosh, you got, you have it down. I had it. I have a day before the day. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I'm the polar opposite and i I won't go into this too much because I talk about it on the show all the time and our listeners probably hate hearing it, but I'm polar opposite. I'm a total night owl. You cannot get me up in the morning. I hate it. It's awful. Like I just want to get up and go straight to my office and start working. There's nothing else and just, you know, to each their own. But I'm always so jealous when I hear people with these amazing morning routines. Cause I'm like, Oh, my life does not look like this at all. <laughs> no. And that's fine. And that's the thing I always feel bad of like, I'm not saying anyone else should do this. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I'm happy to share it to like inspire people to maybe try something, Yeah, but by no means does everyone need to have four hours of day start before their work. <laughs> like, no. I love it though. I bet you feel so productive though. 
Sometimes, sometimes yeah. yes. And then I'm also, I don't know if you're an Enneagram person, but I'm an oh, Enneagram yeah. one. So like, I never oh gosh, feel productive enough. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm a one and I never can find other ones. So yeah, I'm a one. we'll have to have a whole nother conversation about that. I know, right? Outside yeah. the podcast. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Next question. Moving on. What is the last book that you read? What did I just finish? Oh, I just finished uh, Brian Dixon's Start With Your People. Hmm, I haven't heard of that one. It's interesting. So I will be honest, it's a little bit of a weird book. It's split in two sections. And the first part is much more about you and like, how do you serve people and how do you show up in the world? And then the second part gets very um, tactic oriented and he has no problem. I've just never seen somebody do this, be this transparent of like, I wanted to work with this company. And so to work with that company, I went to their events and I showed up to these people and I made friends with this person because I knew they were friends with this person. And he has no guilt in saying it because his whole bottom line is, but I served the whole time. I didn't do it. Like it wasn't just dirty and using people. I genuinely cared about those who were in front of me, but I'm not going to lie that there wasn't benefit on the other side possibly as well. It was just a very interesting way of talking about networking and relationship building in a business. Um, and that what I'm talking about is literally like half a chapter of the whole book. Like, it's just a very interesting book of how do we build relationships? How do you prioritize the people in your life, like your family, your loved ones, et cetera. And then, yeah, how relationships work in business. And he literally gives like graphs of how to go about that. Wow. It's just very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds interesting. I'm definitely going to have to check that one out. What is one thing that you recommend to everybody? So this can be a product, a service, some item that you love using, I would probably not say LinkedIn since we just did an entire yeah. episode on it, but what's one thing that you just think everybody has to have? Can I give something that I think everybody should do? Go for it. Yes. Okay, Cause that's, that's, it's going to sound crazy, but when you said the words, this was the thing that came to mind and it is what I tell everybody. Um, everyone should have to take an improv class. Ooh, interesting. Very interesting. I, I did. If you live in a major city, there's definitely some sort of improv school. Um, and places like Second City have improv for non-actors, which is what I did back in the day. But even if it's like your community college, like your community college in your town definitely has an improv for beginners class. And here's why I say everyone should do it. We now live in a world where you get to think before responding on everything. Like mm. you can wait to send the text message. You don't have to pick up the phone call or you at least know it's this person calling. Let me think through, what are we going to talk about? And improv makes you just think on your feet so much more, but it also teaches you about failure because you will mess up. You mess up and then you realize they're off to the next exercise or the next skit or whatever. And the world didn't end. And so I think, it just teaches you super valuable life lessons that everybody should have to take like an eight week, once a week course. I freaking love this idea. Like, <laughs> I, no, it's so good. Like, 
I always say it could be a product or a service or whatever, but that was such a good recommendation because oh, it's good. Thank true. You. And I could, gosh, I won't even go into the failure thing because I could talk about that all day long, but <laughs> it's so good. Such a good recommendation. I love it. I took like one quick little improv class in college back when I was like a dance major as a freshman, but it was just one class. And But I, still, yeah, I think I would probably still learn things from that class. Probably. Yeah, for sure. And I would, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's worth it. I love the way you like tied that into everyday life. That's yeah. it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Last question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? I mean, this is going <laughs> to, I'm afraid this is going to sound cheesy, but to me, my faith is my most important thing. So I think just the idea to love God and love others, that's important. I love that. I don't think it's cheesy at all. I don't think it's cheesy at all. I love that very much. It's simple and yet encompasses pretty much everything you need to do every day. I love it. All right. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. What's your website, social, what are you working on right now? All the things. Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Cassandra Thompson. So please connect, leave a note. Um, My website is CassThompson.com. YouTube, it's Cass Thompson Career Advice. But if you want help on any of the things we went over today or um, any other parts of your profile, I have videos on literally every single part. Um, so just go on YouTube to cast Thompson career advice and you'll find that. And then I do have a free checklist, uh, for LinkedIn that's at linkedinallstarprofile.com. Um, because when your profile is set up completely. It's called an all-star profile. Uh, so it's linkedinallstarprofile.com and you can get that free checklist there. And that's a great way to then get on my mailing list and stay in touch with me. And I'll give you all the tips and everything, but yeah, find me those places. You can also find me on Instagram at Cass Thompson consulting. If you want to see how bad it is, since I've said how terrible <laughs> my Instagram is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I was wondering, I was assuming you were going to say LinkedIn, but I was kind of wondering, cause I was like, is she just going to give her website or is she going to know? I figured you had to. Well, yep. Cassandra, thank you so, 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 so much. I can't say so enough because I love how like open and just raw this episode was. You gave like way more advice than I even expected you to. And I'm so appreciative for it. I know our listeners are going to be so appreciative for it. And I'm hoping that this will really help some people kick off their LinkedIn for 2020 and going forward and start to really grow it and use it for their business. Cause I know so many people just aren't right now. So I just appreciate you and your time and thank you so much. I'm so excited. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Well, ladies, that's it for this time, but don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.